What's your story? Whether you're a client or an independent financial advisor, we know you face many important decisions that can affect your and your clients' long-term financial success. Welcome to the WIN Podcast. What's important now with Corey Hymanson, accredited investment fiduciary and president of Hymanson Wealth Advisors. In this podcast, Corey helps you identify your goals and objectives through financial education and comprehensive planning while inspiring you to make better behavioral decisions in your personal finance. With a twist on pop culture and current events, join us as we explore growth and protection strategies for individuals, advisors, and their businesses. Come and discover what's important to you now. And welcome to the WIN podcast, or what's important now, with your host, Corey Hymanson. Corey, good to be with you. I understand you're feeling charitable today. <laughs> there you go. We're into a, a new year as, as people get this episode. And so I thought, let's turn the page. Let's do something different. Let, let's see how charitable Corey's going to be. How about that? <laughs> and just exactly how charitable are you going to oh, be? Man, it, it's hard to believe. This is episode number 45. It's, wow. it's hard to believe. Do I get credit for giving... 45 episodes to the world? Well, uh, credit or blame. I think that depends <laughs> on who you talk to, Corey. <laughs> well, probably not any IRS perks for that gift either, I suppose. But Oh, man. So, so yeah, today uh, we're calling this thing Giving Tuesday. Now, I understand people out there are not necessarily listening to this on a Tuesday because it's on demand, but, uh, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll go down the path like we always do. And. What about Giving Tuesday? Have you ever heard that term, or, or do you know what I, what I'm referring to there? I do actually. I do. I I have heard the term, and uh, and yes, I am aware of what it is, but I'm not sure where you're going or what you want to do with it. <laughs> sure. So, honestly, I just learned about this a few months ago. So I, I I apparently live under a rock, or I was in the dark somewhat. But I learned that this event, we'll call it an event, this Giving Tuesday, is essentially. It's a window of time after Thanksgiving. It's basically a five-day window after Thanksgiving where people are encouraged to to give or to be charitable to different causes or generosity. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can use a lot of words here. Uh, And I'm not trying to to bang the drum and just say, that's the only time of year you can give or think that way. But what was interesting to me, because I'd really never, like I said, been aware of this, you know, because everybody knows Black Friday right? Everybody's going shopping, lining up at whatever time of the morning. And then you get small business Saturday, you get cyber Monday. I mean, all these things have have kind of ballooned. So, you know, but this one, I I don't think it's just another uh, catchy name of something that is meant for consumers to spend money with retailers. Right. <laughs> kind yeah. of like the first no. three, right? You know? And, and so as I dug into this, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And, you know, it's, I don't view it as I have to support human rights charity or, you know what I mean? I, I mean, some, yeah. some, some people put a spin on this, like you have to really, really do good and, and save this or save that or category of people. You know, I'm not going down that path. I'm yeah. not going down that path. And, and so basically what I do want to talk about though, is being charitable or, or giving and, you know, there, there's lots of ways to do that time, yes. talents, money, you know, you name it. But, but I'm going to throw you a question first. Let, let's okay. Go here. And, so, so Bill, do you think people in our society need a push to be charitable or, or do they need an event like this for them to even think about giving? 
in any it's way? An, it's an interesting question. Um, I think that people need to have the value of charity in them. Uh, and by that, I mean, like, like I, I was raised, I was raised, raised in a fairly religious environment. And so the idea of giving back, the idea of even owing something back was not a foreign idea at all. And uh, certainly the tax code has encouraged people to give, um, you know, it allowing a deduction for gifts to certain charities and certain organizations, certain classified organizations. And I think it's a great value to have. Um, and I think that a event like a Giving Tuesday is is a way of reminding people of that. I, w- I don't want to call it obligation, but it is in my mind an obligation. But let's just call it that value, the value of, of giving back and contributing to nonprofit organizations that are attempting to, you know, alleviate some kind of suffering or do some kind of good. Not not necessarily at all like a social justice program, yeah. but like Save the Children, which, uh, are, you know, which is tremendously frugal with the with like the amount of money per dollar that they channel on to organizations to help feed kids, uh, those kinds of things. So I think we do need to push in that we need a reminder that. We certainly probably should feel some sense of obligation about giving back and giving to those who do so much for those in need. Yeah. And I I say this a lot of times to clients or just anybody that will listen to me talk, that people are either savers or spenders. And I think that's mm-hmm. ingrained or learned or, you know, yeah, understood at an early age and maybe you can't switch teams. But when, like like you said, having you know a value system of being charitable, do you think that's built in or learned at an early age, or do you think it just changes as? I think as we your, learn as it. Your health, or your, as your as your wealth changes, maybe. Well, I think it's a it's a little bit of a little bit of both. Obviously, if you you know, but I've known people who had very little money who who have given money to charities. Yeah, I think it's a value, and and I think it's one that is taught. I think I think you know. You have to be taught that. Otherwise, I don't know that, you know, you necessarily have the impulse to do it. I'm sure there I'm sure there are people out there who would disprove that right off the bat. <laughs> you know, come from a family of people who were stingy and never did anything. And they are, you know, their purpose of their life is some sort of charitable organization. But I do think it's it's something we're taught. It's a value that we're given. Yeah, oh, spot on. And, and and I I had a flashback as I started sort of putting this show concept together. And this is like decades ago. I haven't thought about this long time, but I thought about Jerry Lewis and the old mm. muscular dystrophy right. telethon, you know, Labor Day telethon. And I remember that as a kid. It was kind of a big deal. It was on TV and a lot of the entertainment acts didn't excite me. My parents probably were more interested in the Rat Pack or whoever was coming on there to do a, <laughs> a song or a dance or a tap dance. But what intrigued me was was the big signboard or the big money board, you know, that they would keep rolling up and rolling up. Just just so you had a a visual concept of of the good being done or the money being raised. Yeah. And and I guess that that that's what kind of spurred that question I threw at you that, you know, do people need a push or do we, do we need this, 
incentive essentially to, and like you said, to be reminded of going back to our roots or our values and, and being open-minded to these things. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting while you're talking about Jerry Lewis, you have a guess as to how much money he raised for muscular dystrophy. Oh man. I, I do not. I do not. I couldn't two even guess. It's got two and a half billion dollars. One man. Yep. One man. Uh, the, 1966 through 2009 was when, it, when his, tele, his telethon was was uh, broadcast. Two and a half billion dollars for that cause. Yeah, impressive. It really impressive. Well, it, it, yeah, I hate to even say this, but a billion today doesn't get you what it used to. <laughs> <laughs> It's a hell of a lot of money. It's a hell of a lot of money in my book, buddy. (laughs) Two of them, and two of them's a whole lot of money. Yeah, you know, yeah. So that is something else, especially for a guy whose character in a lot of shows and movies and things was goofy. Is the word that comes to mind for me? (laughs) Goofy's a fair. I think that's a fair way to put it. Made a made a career out of it, I guess. But I mean, yeah, man, pretty cool stuff regardless of the charity or what you're raising money for. I mean, if you're doing good and in, in that volume, uh, you know, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. And and so that that brings me to, hey, where we started this. Corey feels charitable, right? Oh. <laughs> so, no, what I, when this topic came to me, I thought, you know, anybody can be charitable for five days in in late November or early December, but, you know, that's not how I think. Let's go bigger. You know, let's let's be charitable for a year, let's say. Oh, and so as we release this podcast in the year 2024, it is actually the 25th anniversary of my firm since I started this. Oh, congratulations. Well, thank you. You know, so, I mean, we must've done something right (laughs) to last this long, right? Yes. And so I thought, you know, granted, we're going to do client events and a lot of fun stuff throughout this entire year that people are going to learn about, but I thought let's let's add something on it that that's in play all year long, and, and and what is that? You know, what can I do? I thought. Now, granted, I'm not out there chaining myself to a tree to to stop a forest from getting cut down. Yeah. But but could I do something productive for society that maybe would would help save a tree or or right. thousands of trees, whatever? So we're going to go on two fronts here, and and what it is is we're going to start this by saying to our clients or future clients, hey. If you sign up for electronic delivery of paper, you know, let, let's try and cut down some of the paper going through the mail. Uh, government's not going to like me. The U.S. Post Office is going to have less volume of, of mail going through its hands. But, you know, if somebody signs up for e-delivery, our firm's going to donate $25 to charity. Nice. And, and, and we deal with, you know, honestly, thousands of households. So this could be, this could be some serious coin. And that's okay. And... And so it's not just going to be planting trees. You know, we're going to go with, with a couple of options where clients can choose where we donate okay. this money. We're not going to make it a complete free-for-all. But in my heart, as I've aged, I, I found two things that are important to me, essentially. And, and I think, you know, saving trees is number one. I mean, that's one thing. But number two, I think education. Investing in education, I think, is mm-hmm. a huge deal in our country around the world because it sounds like I'm stepping up on a soapbox. You ready for this? <laughs> you know, Everybody get prepared. No, you know, I think go. I'll be, look, if you're going to stand on a soapbox, from my viewpoint, education is a great soapbox to stand on. You know, because what really grinds me 
I guess sometimes is when I when I hear of different social classes and one percenters and, and there's a negative light spun on a lot of people who have had success. And yet, in my opinion, I think education is the root of improving people's lives and existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you need good drinking water? Yes, I understand that. But can you improve yourself in some fashion? I'm not saying everybody's got to go to an Ivy League school and run a tech company in San Fernando. You know what I mean? Right. But education or the understanding that education can improve your situation, I think can give you that carrot you need or that kick in the tail you need to better yourself. And if you can better yourself, you can better society and all of this stuff gets paid forward essentially and the world becomes a better place. There you go. We can all hold hands and sing Kumbaya, right? There we go. I can hear the <laughs> chorus building now. <laughs> but you know, no, I don't want to I I I I'm being humorous and and I, I I but I'm not mocking what you're saying because I think you're absolutely right. I think I think a a, a good putting on in life rest in a good education because it prepares you to deal with all of the challenges and it educates you to the opportunities that could be available to you. And, you know, it opens up to you, your imagination, what you can be and what you can become and what you can do, you you know, uh, without it, I think we're I think we're way way poor for without it. Yeah, you know, and, and it just drives me crazy to you know to think of some people that just say, "Well, I grew up in a in a horrible neighborhood, and you know, so I'm just doomed." Not if you have an understanding that it might take hard work. I get it. Yeah, but you put in that effort. Be open minded to change. Save enough money for a bus ticket. Go find another city. You know, I mean, I don't know. No, no. Look, look, let me. Can I tell you two personal stories? I yeah. know two two very very different circumstances, but both of them started in really poor housing. One's a man, one's a woman. They did not know each other growing up. They grew up in totally different areas of the country. the The man grew up in a shack in Arkansas. It's not a joke. It's a true story. He went on with a single mom to go to college, became a police officer, and from police officer, he joined the uh, the Navy and became a Navy SEAL, and then an FBI special agent, and today he runs his own security company and is, and is by you know any measure, a successful individual. The woman also grew up in abject, absolute poverty. She ended up going on to get her undergraduate degrees at at an Ivy Ivy League college, a graduate degree in, from an Ivy League school, and she has gone on to have a very successful life as as an influencer and somebody who who comments on on society and cultural issues neither of those would have happened if they did not have education as a way to open doors for them and the grit i have to add because i don't want to take away from their grit 
but these are two very successful people who rose up out of circumstances that, you know, frankly, crush a lot of people. And I and I've always thought that education was essential to and I know both of these people, so I can say this. I I, I know education was essential to both of them and their their success later in life. And that just reminds me of something that I've always thought that people that are optimistic don't believe in luck. And the people that cry and complain that they don't have any good luck, they have bad luck, nothing good ever happens to them, pessimistic mindsets, you know, they feel that successful people are lucky. And I don't think that's the case. I think I think hard work, perseverance, the grit, the things you're talking about right there put you in position to have successful outcomes appear or opportunities. You know what I mean? And and once you're built in that mindset, that's so good. And that's what you should pass on to kids or neighbors or <laughs> nieces, nephews, whoever it is, or whoever talking to the masses. <laughs> you know what I mean? We talk about the win podcast. We're talking about the the win year of giving here. We're talking about what's important now to you people and maybe it's charitable causes. I mean, but at the root of it all should be improving your life, improving the life of, of your loved ones and going out there and kicking some ass and whatever that means, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's great to remember that, you know, I I do believe in the value that the the, the notion that I should be giving back right that i should be doing things not for myself but for other people and you know i and i think that's the other part of charity that often gets overlooked you know you don't do charity for yourself if you're doing charity for yourself then you're thinking about it all wrong <laughs> right right you're doing charity to help other organizations do things that you may not have the time to do, you don't have the resources to do. So you're looking and saying, these things are important to me. Education's important to me. So I, I are, you know, so I'm going to give uh, to organizations that support education. I had one of my sisters started a foundation for music in high school because music programs in the state where she lived were were declining, you know, and there were schools were offering less of them. So she started a foundation to fund music in high school because she thought, and I believe her, I'm with her on this, music's really important. Music education is really important to be available to kids. So you do charity for other people. You don't do charity for yourself. Yeah, and I and I think the charitable journey changes as a person has birthdays, too. You know what I mean? So sure. in, in younger life, maybe you don't have the the money as you're raising a family or right. you know, you're working hard, you're building things. Maybe that's the time where you try to give your time, you know, your time and your talents when you can. And then as you get older, maybe you have a different perspective on life and you realize that maybe I've got a few extra coins that can go to a good cause and my time and effort, you know, but yeah. um, not everybody needs to give at a level of bill gates or mark zuckerberg you know because when you're a billionaire or a multi-billionaire it's a hell of a lot easier to to write some checks right you know and maybe and i'm not picking on those two guys sometimes those people promote their giving just so that they can promote their giving and get their name out there again not picking on those two but just in general that's not the reason you give right exactly you know and and so that's i'm not trying to get people to pat me on the back for this event but yeah if we can 
get people to take advantage of what we're offering here. We're going to donate money, you know, to the Arbor Day Foundation, if the client says that, or to education. And that mm-hmm. could be a specific school district. It could be a college. You know, we'll be a little open-minded on that because we don't want to just tell people where the money's going to go on that side. Right. Um, but man, I'm excited. You know, I want to see people take advantage of this. And and then we can come back maybe mid-year and report how we're doing or, or how- No, you should. Are. We should. You uh, No, you know what? You should put a tickler on your calendar now because it would be, you know, I think it would probably be really enlightening and fun to talk about. It's like any other goal you set. You know what I mean? We set a goal for this on what we'd want to accomplish. If we're not quite there, we're not on pace. We'll have to light some fires. You exactly. Know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to save trees now we're lighting fires. Uh, wait a minute, man. That's the wrong idea, Corey. <laughs> oh, man. If nothing else, people now know that we are legit and uh, these things are not scripted. You know what I mean? <laughs> There is kick, no kicking way people anybody, in the tail. There's no fires. way anybody who listens to these things could think they're scripted, Corey. Okay. <laughs> I've been a I've been a writer for a living. I couldn't write these things if I sat down for 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 God knows how many days straight. I couldn't do this. You might not have signed up for this if you'd have known that <laughs> stuff was going to be such tangent minded. If that's I know it's great. I think that's one of the things that makes this podcast so fantastic to listen to. Really. Well, and, and this is a topic we've talked about before in a previous podcast a little bit, but, you know, for those people that do like the giving idea, but they still want to control the money for a while, yeah, there are things like donor-advised funds, and, and we don't need yes. to go into all the ups and downs and ins and outs of that today, but, I mean, people can call us on that. And here's the high-level view. You, as a, as a citizen in the United States, can donate money to a bucket, we'll call it, an, a fund, an account, Right. And get and get your IRS charitable deduction right now, the day you write the check, but you still control the money inside of that investment fund mm-hmm. for a future distribution or multiple distributions that you choose and when and to go to charity that you choose at that time. So you can put money in the bucket, get the tax deduction, and then decide later which charity or charities are going to benefit from it. Yeah, I, that's a donor advice fund you're talking about, right? Yes. Boy, I think yeah. they're super cool. I think they're a super cool thing. No, they're they're fantastic. They intrigue me because it it does allow the it does allow the contributor to get a contribution tax, uh, you know, a tax credit, a deduction. And it allows them to say, I don't have to give all of that money to one organization. I can spread that out over several different organizations. And you know what? You don't have to be super rich to do a donor advice fund, do you? Oh, absolutely not. No. Uh, um, the ones or the main provider we use has a minimum of $10,000 to go mm-hmm. in there. Um, there might be some that are lower, but that's that's the main reputable one that we like to use through our office. Yeah. Um, here's the other thing I like, though, is you can put the money in there. You can designate what happens if you suddenly pass away. You know what I mean? You can you can have a plan or an yeah. exit strategy if something happens to you. Because think about this. If you say, yeah, I'm going to give all my wealth to ABC or XYZ charity, um, and then all of a sudden I die and I hadn't done it, if my family doesn't know that or if my family says, well, it wasn't really in writing, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it may never happen. So this is a great way to, to, to protect yourself a little bit if you have a cause you can kind of get it locked in the box. You can't get this money back. It's in the fund and it's stuck there because it has to go to charity at some point. 
but you can kind of put some guardrails on this thing so that it is going to go to charity at some point, whether you pull the trigger or somebody else does on your behalf because they know your wishes. Yeah. It's great. It's a terrific tool. You know, and so I think a lot of the times, Corey, people think, oh, well, I got to set up a, a foundation and, and, you know, I got to do all this stuff and it's complicated and it comes with all these rules, which is true. Setting up a foundation, which I'm sure you can testify to, is a much more regulated, much more carefully controlled instrument than being able to set up a donor advised fund and saying, I, you know what, it's important to me that I give to this charity or these four charities, whatever it is. You know, it's a, it is a terrific tool for that. Yeah, I mean, we we literally could have set up four or five donor advised funds in the time that we have done this recording. It is literally just <laughs> some paperwork. Amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, to your point, yeah, you can, it, it's like anything in life. You can overcomplicate things or you don't have to. You know what I mean? You can set up a fancy foundation and it's going to have a lot more administrative costs and all that. But this is easy. You sign your name about five times and write a check and you've now, you've got it going and you can add to it next year. You don't have to. It is so easy. And here's the real thing in life. Life is not that complicated if you just trust and reach out to people who know what the hell they're doing in certain categories, if you're not an expert in that one. And that's where you come in, Corey, because you're one of those experts. There you go. Call me up. Bring me to the table. We're here. Exactly. Well, how would somebody get a hold of you, Corey, if they yeah. want to? If they want to do that? Yeah. Give us a call. Office number here: eight hundred six five seven four three one six. And if you're watching or listening to this podcast, you'll also see our contact information for the website, email, text. We can do it all. Uh, yeah, it's great. That's great. And uh, let me end with my uh, my personal hopes that uh, your clients will uh, enthusiastically embrace this notion of year of giving on behalf of the Hymas and Wealth. And uh, that's fantastic. So good luck with that. And listeners, we'll end with a thank you to you. Thanks for listening. We hope you found this interesting. If you have never listened before and you're not a subscriber, for heaven's sakes, hit the subscribe button. <laughs> That way, you won't miss an episode of this podcast. And I don't know why you would ever want to miss an episode of this podcast, because each one is an adventure. If you like it, give us a rating. If you like it, share it with others. That's even better, because that helps spread the word about the podcast. On behalf of Corey, I'm Bill Tucker and everybody at Hymanson Wealth. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, do not wait. Live your best life today. Thank you for listening to The Win Podcast. What's important now? The show that helps you achieve your financial dreams. To ask questions about topics covered during the show or get a copy of Stop Doing Dumb Things With Your Money by Corey Hymanson, visit www.hymansonwealth.com or give us a call at 712 472 3867. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through Securities America Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors Inc. Hymanson Wealth Advisors and Securities America are separate entities.